Turn the volume. Put the volume up on that. All the way up. All the way up. That's all far too low. Okay, that's it. Okay. Hey y'all, hey! How's everybody doing? Welcome to The Intersection with your host, Malika Salam. That's me, Malika Salam. You have to say the whole thing every time, like a Tribe Called Quest and a pimp named Slickback. So welcome to another edition of The Intersection. Y'all, this is my second time doing this. Um, hopefully I'm a little bit better, a little bit more uh, seasoned. Every time should get a little bit better. I'm doing on-the-job training, so uh, I ask that you guys just be patient and bear with me as I get it all together. So we're running um, just a couple minutes late, you know. Uh, I don't really consider it late, though, because I regularly run on international, hell, intergalactic indigenous people's time. That means that everything happens exactly how it's supposed to happen, exactly when it's supposed to happen, and we don't stress the rest. So um, let's talk about what the intersection is about. It's a show about intersectionality. Well, what's intersectionality, Malika? Malika Salam. Intersectionality is all of the ways in which we interconnect. It's um, generally across social categorizations. So we're, look, we're gonna be looking at things like race and class, gender, gender identity, sexuality, sexual identity, and size. That's right, even size, because I identify as a fat, black, queer, femme. Those are my intersections, some of my intersections. There's always more to be revealed. And so in those intersections, sometimes I will encounter things like sizeism. Um, I'm fat. I'm not chubby. I'm not thick. I'm not pleasantly plump. I'm not voluptuous. Like, I mean, I am, clearly, um, doing it up for the thick ones big time. And I don't shy away from the word fat. My politics are fat politics. So I don't need um, to use colloquialisms when I'm describing what it is that I'm talking about and how I'm feeling in my body. I don't allow other people to police it. I don't uh, allow other people to label it for me. Very comfortable with using the word fat. 
I also don't use modifiers. Like I don't use small fat. And in some body positive circles and fat acceptance circles, which I don't even know how I feel about fat acceptance. Like my fat is not something that you have to accept. It's not even something that I have to accept. It is what it is. I adore it. So maybe in fat or adoration circles, I would be more comfortable. Um, it informs and shapes my choices. It informs and shapes what it is that I talk about. So the reality for me is I'm fat. And there's some sizeism that comes along with that. And then that sometimes inter intersects with racism. Sometimes you can be fat, but it's harder to be black and fat. Make sense? All right, well, it'll make sense by and by. <laughs> so I may have things that come up like racism, sexism, sizeism, and homophobia all at the same time. That's an intersection. So that's what we're going to be dealing with, intersectionality. Welcome to the intersection. Once again, I'm your host, Malika Salam, and I'm here on the all-new 99.1 Jams. So folks, let's get into this tea. I have some tea around here somewhere. Oh, there it is. Maybe it's not tea. Maybe it's water. Maybe it's Sprite. Maybe it's vodka on ice. You know what it is. So the tea for this week, let's get right into it. B had babies, two of them at one time. Lord have mercy. And I mean, we all knew it was coming. We've been watching the pictures. We've been stalking the Instagram. Oh. Okay, my bad, that happened. So we've been we've been watching the gram. We've been watching the gram. We've been watching the Twitter. We've been waiting to see um, what was going to happen, when it was going to happen, what she was going to have. Um, even if you are not part of the Beehive, likely you are here for it because it's B and J, and we're following this whole story. And we were all eliminating with her, and then lo and behold, babies came. So we're you know waiting to see how this all plays out. Well, how it played out is how it plays out when folks are pregnant. She had babies. But y'all, her dad made the announcement on Twitter. And Twitter has absolutely no Especially black Twitter. Black Twitter dragged Matthew Knowles to filth, y'all. Like, no chill at all. I mean, those are his grandbabies. I think you're allowed to announce grandbabies. I'm pretty sure that in the whole hierarchy of who gets to say what, like, grandparents get to be doting and loving and adoring and say, hey, I've got new grandbabies. Um, but apparently the beehive wasn't having it, and they dragged that man ridiculously. I just, like, I don't even... I'm I'm sorry for him. I'm sad for him. Um, Y'all, when folks are having babies, have a little have a little chill about yourself. Let these folks be excited for their grandbabies. Uh, speaking of these babies, we ain't had no pictures yet. Now I seem to recall that we had to wait quite a bit of time for pictures of Blue, and it is possible that there were some complications. Um, as can happen with twins, as can happen when your 
you know, running around the world, you're being a mom, you're being a business person, you're being an entrepreneur, all of those things. Um, I hope that that isn't the case. Of course, there isn't much information out right now. So I definitely want to send um, some prayers, some love, some light towards B and J and Baby Blue and the new babies uh, whose names we don't know yet. Excited to find out what their, what their names are going to be. And I heard that it's a boy and a girl. So pretty excited about um, this boy and girl and like what they're going to do and who they're going to be totally here for that so there's a group in washington dc who was actually throwing a brunch in celebration of this i kid you not and this is not like a just a beehive the group is the black femme brunch and the event is called oh no baby that's b-e-y-b-e-e -E -E. all beehive references Listen, I need y'all to go and find the invite on Facebook so that you can get your whole entire life because I read this invite and I was just like, I want to take a special trip to D.C. Like, I wanted to be in D.C. on last Saturday when this happened. That's how quickly they activated, too, by the way. Like, they had this whole thing organized, set up, ready to roll by Saturday. And I don't, I love brunches. Right. So the black and bougie part of me is is definitely um, in love with brunches. And then the fact that they actually are throwing a brunch for the birth of these babies. I was totally there for it. How could you not be? But this is this is what got me. This was the intro. I just want to read the intro. B has what it. I'm sorry. Oh, no, baby. What is you doing? This is not a drill. Beyonce has graced the earth with a triple platinum award-winning R&B trio, and here I stand, no hair on my scalp, a police chopper overhead, and every Grammy I could steal from headquarters, smuggled in my bra like two mountain lions fighting over a ham. Then there's some profanity. I can't use that on the FM radio station. <laughs> And she said, if this doesn't mean Beyonce should be declared the supreme and take the highest seat America has to offer. Listen, I was there for it. And I really just lived vicariously and made up a whole story in my mind about how lit this brunch was. Um, so, oh, and I realized I told y'all to go, but then I realized it happened Saturday. Might be it. Might be it. I was a little late. That's what happens when you're like every other Wednesday. Um, so, yes here for the birth of the baby bees and excited to find out um, who they are. Speaking of babies, oh my God, did y'all get your entire lives at this cover, at this Vanity Fair cover with Serena Williams? Wasn't she gorgeous? I mean, I know that people love to like do the pregnancy photos and you know everybody wants to have their cover but my god seeing somebody who is that athletic and just you know at the top of her game and at the top of everybody else's game just be soft and womanly and matronly that was amazing and i mean she's she slayed she slayed giving birth is not easy it's a job that's why it's called going into labor like you got to work to bring that little person here um 
so just the miracle of what happens to your body is astounding. Um, and then when you can come out and just look gorgeous and unbothered and unfwittable, I'm here for Miss Serena all day, every day. Now, also this week, the BET Awards happened. And y'all, I am not going to lie. I have not watched the BET Awards. Kanye Shrug. Can we still use Kanye Shrug? He's on the outs with us, huh? Okay. Roach Shrug. Um, <laughs> I couldn't do it. And I hear that it was great. And I kind of peeped in on Twitter to see what y'all had to say about it. And I still couldn't bring myself to do it. Like, I DVR'd it. It's on my DVR right now, waiting to be watched, taunting me. Come on, like it's a mom. Watch the BET Awards. We're cool. Except for we're not. Like, I'm not sure that I'm cool with BET yet. And I know, okay, so they kind of won me back over with the programming lately. We've had a couple of good BET honors. We have... Um, some good shows that are on there, right? They've got Being Mary Jane. They've got The Quad. Um, obviously, the New Edition movie blew us all away. That is still on my DVR. That is still a favorite to go back and watch. So, on the one hand, I'm like, mm, maybe BET is doing better. Like, maybe this disrespectful and abusive relationship that we had for a decade um, where they, you know, did all of these horrible characters of people of color, black people specifically on BET, uh, which is black entertainment television. I don't think anybody has captured it to date better than Aaron Magruder did with the hunger strike. Um, and I still just ain't over it yet. Like I'm not over it enough to watch the awards on a regular basis because they always do something that reminds me like we were there and now we're here, but we ain't there yet. You know what I mean? So, I also heard your uncle, y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all know the one uncle who always shows up at the bar barbecue, the family reunion. Everything starts out cool because he's only had like one drink. But you know that there's going to become a point where he's like one drink away from just cutting all the way up. And everybody is watching everybody else, kind of hoping that somebody will stop him. Or somebody will be like, hey, Uncle Bobby, maybe we should just, you know, go to the store or take a walk so that he can calm down. Um, so, yeah, I heard Uncle Bobby cut up for the new edition part again. And again, I haven't seen it. This is just, you know, the tea. All tea, no shade. This is what I'm hearing. This is what the internets and the interwebs are saying. Um, but y'all know Uncle Bobby is going to come and cut up. So again, problems I have with that particular network is you know he's going to come and cut up. You know he's going to come and act a fool. Why don't you maybe give him his own spot so he can feel like the king of R&B that he was proclaimed to be? Why don't you do something that's maybe more inclusive and creates less of a environment for him to cut up. Now, I don't know. Maybe he didn't cut up. Maybe it was good cutting up. Again, I haven't seen it. I'm just telling y'all what I heard. So, also, last week, Queen Sugar came back 
I was so here for it. I feel like I have been waiting an eternity for them to bring back my future misses. It's okay, baby. You know, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'll always be here. But I'm just saying, if by some chance she consents to an open relationship, I'm going to put her on my hall pass list. Y'all know who I'm talking about. None other than Rutina Wesley. Yes, come all the way through. Push through Rutina Salam. I like, don't you like the way that she's looking at me? Sam is here and she's giving me the face and it's our anniversary and I'm going to stop playing before it don't be no anniversary. And then in a couple of weeks, I'll be on here telling y'all a sob story about how Sam didn't appreciate my jokes and how that's a problem and I can't make jokes no more. But Queen Sugar is back with Rutina Wesley and the whole cast. Like, I know her name and I'm learning everybody else's names. Like, I know Kofi and I know Timon. Um, but I, I just identify with her character so much. I identify with her being powerful and strong. I identify with um, some of the storyline about her sexuality. Maybe not the whole thing, but definitely some of it. I'm so glad that they have not been afraid to go there and that they um, are exploring it. I will say these first two back-to-back -back episodes, Tuesday and Wednesday, um, I have questions about what's going on. Like, do you guys have questions? Like, I have questions. She is going through something after the breakup with the girl from um, the Black Lives Matter movement, who she was with on last season. This is all in the show, by the way, guys. I'm not putting Rutina's business out in the street. I don't know her like that. I'm, I'm being very personal and colloquial of calling her by her first name. Uh, we don't go together yet, so I'm going to chill on that. Um, but on the show, she was dating the girl who was one of the uh, lead people and organizers in New Orleans for Black Lives Matter. And this was when she was not dating the other guy, the white guy. So um, in the end of the season, she and the white guy were together. They went out on a proper date. He left his wife for her the whole nine. They get out. Um, she's basically assaulted by one of the other police officers who feels like this guy has you know, betrayed the blue shield thing and so she comes back this semester and they are not together or this season and they're not together well the thing is she's doing a whole lot of playing around like a different guy every night i think i saw like four guys on just that first episode um maybe more and most of them seem to be white guys and i mean if that's her thing, that's her thing. I'm really waiting to see what they're going to do, though, to get up under this. And I'm really waiting to see if they're going to go back and explore that other part of her sexuality. Because there are some theories out there. There have been whole books written about this, about how people will gravitate towards one thing because it's more acceptable than another. Yes, I'm talking about her dating a white boy because it's more acceptable than her being a black lesbian. So I'm interested to see how that's going to be handled and how if that's going to come up and be a theme in the show. There's de they're definitely dealing with some issues around um, her sexuality and her sexual expression right now. Of course, there's the family issues. Um, oh, I should have said spoiler alert because some of you guys may not have seen it, which is terrible because the new episode comes on tonight and you're going to be behind. Um, so spoiler alert. <laughs> 
uh, Hollywood and Aunt Vi are working their thing out. Uh, Blue and Darla are working their thing out. And there was a really important point about them working their thing out that kind of ties into the intersection of today's show, which we're going to get into in a minute, which is um, Darla checks into a meeting. And Ralph Angel is really confused. Ralph Angel, by the way, he's fine. And I can go ahead and say that. Like, the 1% of me that's not gay-gay, I'm like, yeah, Ralph Angel, fine. He's not, he could get it fine. Like, I wouldn't give him no little ashy babies fine. But I see what y'all be talking about when y'all be talking about Ralph Angel. I see it. I, I, I peeped that. So, Ralph Angel and Darla... Are, have kind of, you know, they got together, they got back together really fast after all of the stuff that happened and, you know, he got custody of Blue and just, like, everything happened, right, last season. And so now they're back together and Darla checks into a meeting because she's a drug addict. And Ralph Angel is trying to figure out, you know, why does she need to check into the meeting? Has she been triggered? And she's like, no, like, this is who I am. Like, you went to prison because you did a thing, but that doesn't make you a prisoner. Like, you came out of that. Or you were a robber, but you won't be a robber for the rest of your life. Like, you can change that. But she has an addiction. And often we don't look at addiction as being a disease. And it is. And it requires regular treatment. It requires having, um, you know, maybe having a sponsor, checking into meetings. That's why those organizations exist. So I love the fact that they touched on that. And I love the fact that she's doing some radical self-care. I always say self-care is an imperative. And as happy as she is, like she was really begging Ralph Angel for them to get back together and for them to work that out. And as happy as she is that that has happened, she also took a step back to say, hey, this is moving really fast and I need to take care of me. And that looks like doing some work over here. And this is not a breakup because this is not about you. This is about me saying I need to take care of myself. Um, which often we don't do. We overlook that part. We get in and we're having those new emotions or those, those rekindled new relationship emotions, and we're just there for it. And sometimes we overlook the red flags. Sometimes we overlook the self-care. Sometimes we became, become so tangled up in becoming an us and a we that we forget the me and the I and doing that work. So I love that they are addressing that in some way. Um, mental health is important. Mental health matters. You cannot be any good to anybody if you are not good to yourself. If you're not taking care of yourself, if you are not happy and healthy and whole or working towards those things, what do you really have to give to somebody? And what are you settling for? Because that has something to do with like informing your belief about yourself. I'll get off my soapbox right now because we'll get into that in a minute. Um, the other thing about Queen Sugar is Kenya's back. I don't remember when Kenya kind of disappeared in the course of last season, but she was very much a part of the first episode when Blue had the baby, when Blue had his doll. Kenya is the doll. And, you know, it was like, oh, okay, well, what's going to happen around this? And it kind of came up, and they're kind of touching on it now in the first couple of episodes. Like when Blue and Darla go on their date, uh, sorry, when Ralph Angel and Darla go on their date, Blue is there and he's playing with the doll. 
and uh, the waiter says something to him when he says, you know, me and Kenya would like dessert. The waiter tells him, well, you should get a transformer. And Ralph's whole, Ralph Angel, I think you have to say the whole thing every time, like a Tribe Called Quest and a pimp named Slickback. I can relate. So Ralph Angel, um, his whole body language changes, his face changes. He goes into defense mode. And so he orders two desserts for his son and the doll. And in a way, he's starting to show us, you know, his support and how he's dealing with this. Obviously, when uh, their dad was alive in the very, very early part of the season, um, he was very supportive in letting Blue just be who Blue was. And so I'm interested to see how Ralph Angel is going to react to that, how, you know, what type of parent he's going to be for a child that may or may not be queer, a child that may or may not be on the um, gender spectrum. We don't know. Right now he's just got a doll in his hand. And he could just very much like playing with dolls. And that may have nothing to do with his gender identity or his sexual identity at all. And he's young. Like, do we even discuss it at this age? Like, with some children, people will say, oh, you, you know. Like, you know. You've always known. You knew by the way they talked or they walked or what they liked to wear. Um, they touched on that in, what is Aziz Ansari's show? We watched it. Master of None. Yeah. So they touched on that with, um, with his best friend and you know, how she went through all of those transitions, at, transitions as she was growing up and how the family just kind of didn't deal with it. But it was pretty obvious to everybody because she is uh, more masculine presenting and she, you know, picked that up very early on. So again, what is, what is the age where you know? What is the age where you, rec where you recognize? And will that come up in the storyline? Like, will we get to see more about that? Definitely, um, a good topic of discussion. Like I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm waiting to see what they're going to do with that. So, um, oh, okay. So it looks like I 